presents Gratitude Unfiltered. We are live right now from Bloomington, Minnesota, right outside of Minneapolis. We're live from the Element Hotel. Uh, God bless you guys. Again, this is Word of God Church presents Gratitude Unfiltered. So I want to give a shout out to my brother's keeper, all the brothers and sisters there sitting in the congregation of Word of God and watching Word of God Church and watching from home. I also give a shout out to Pastor Castillo, all of the, uh, the uh, Melba Castillo, God bless you guys. I miss you. I want to give a shout out to all the elders there at Word of God Church. I miss you. Um, and and it just it's it's. But at the same time, God is so good, and God has been doing so many amazing things here. Um, and and I just. But at the same time, I miss you guys. Um, but I'm blessed to be here, be a part of the congregation, even digitally. It's great to see you. I want to welcome everybody else watching all over the world on the E360 television network. Um, as you guys know, this is an interactive broadcast, so you guys are just as much a part of this uh, broadcast as I am. Um, tonight is going to be special. I, I really feel that the Holy Spirit is going to do some magic tonight, and, um, and I'm just blessed to have you here. If you, um, you know, say hello, say where you're from. I'm seeing some people here from that are here in Minnesota. I see some Oklahoma City people online. What's up, Brad? What's up, Keith? Good to see you. Hello, Jessica. Good to see you. What's up, Tiffany, my friend? Great to see you. Um, we are live right now on the E360 television network being broadcast on Amazon Fire, uh, Roku, App Amazon. I said Amazon Fire. Apple TV. I haven't done a show in a few days. I'm a little off. <laughs> But it doesn't matter. We are live on Facebook, Instagram TV, and uh, of course, Facebook Live. So you guys just all say hello. Um, and again, thank you so much for being here. Uh, this has been, um, I hope everyone's had a good week. Let me get this screen off. I hope everyone has had a good week um, and are, are recovering from some of the, just the shocking nature of what's been happening in the world. And I want to encourage you that to just tonight, that regardless of everything that's happening in the world, God is good. God is so good, and God would, God created us for such a time as this. And some of you, like it's 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 a ministry that's inside of you that needs to be launched. Or may, and and when I say ministry, again, I'm not just talking about church. A ministry can be all kinds of things. And so, and and maybe. You know, a lot of us have spent our time watching the news. I've been trying to avoid it like the plague, but you know, like we've been feeding our minds with the distractions and some of the things that have, you know, just the chaos in the world. And we have to be very, very careful, especially as believers, as kingdom citizens, as followers of Jesus Christ. We have to be so careful what we are feeding our mind with what we see with our eyes. 
and watching the news and, and, and all of those th things like that, it can be poison. And I know it's important to be educated and we want to know what's going on. But the truth is, the more time we spend with the Lord, we're going to really know and understand what's going on. And, and if you want to be woke, well, the one way to be woke that I know of is, is letting the Holy Spirit work on you. So with that said, Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, Lord, tonight, please just, just I ask you just to come. And where everyone, no matter where people are at that are watching this broadcast or listening, I just ask that you, the presence of God, just sit and just and just take over and just open the hearts and the minds of everyone that's watching tonight. Lord, I don't know what you want to do with this broadcast. I, I don't know what you want to say through me, but I surrender. I, anything that you you lead me to say, I will say. And anything you lead me to do, I will do. But I ask that you, like, and you are you are ever present, but I just ask that you come on like the gentleman you are and you just gracefully take over everyone's mind, body, and spirit and speak to them and open their eyes, encourage them, inspire them to do what you've called them to do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, let's get into this uh, really quick. I want to say before we get into this, <laughs> very, very good. God is good. Good to see you. Roger, great to see you. Hello, Keith Jackson. Great to see you, man. Okay, guys, let's have some fun. So last, last Saturday where we ended this, we talked about the very last question we asked. How could you be, what could you be doing right now that would help your trunk grow straighter and taller? And I don't know if anyone asked, their, asked themselves those questions or not, but I'm gonna ask it one more time as we go into this next message. What could you be doing right now that would help your trunk to grow straighter and taller? And those of you that applied that question to your lives, I'm curious, I mean, you can leave feedback in the comments here, but I'm curious, if you asked yourself that question, were you able to take that step this week? Were you consciously aware of what you could do to grow straighter and taller? And it's an interesting question. Like a lot of times when we go to church or where we watch a sermon online and we're challenged, sometimes we lose our enthusiasm for that day. And I just want to say something. If you're not somebody that is, if you are a churchgoer and you're somebody that loves the Lord, but you're not committed to seeking him every day, I want to encourage you today by saying it is extremely worth it. And I know that, you know, we're busy and a lot of us are going back to work and there's a lot, you know, we're starting to get some activity back in our lives. But the one thing we should not regret or that we take for granted is the opportunity that we have to get to know our Lord and Savior. And it's not just some gimmicky thing. It's important. It matters. And especially at a time where there is so much chaos and there is so much confusion. The one thing I know for sure, there is no confusion in Christ. The Holy Spirit is not a spirit of confusion. So if you're battling confusion or uncertainty or even anger, I assure you that none of that is of God. All right, guys, let's get into this. Full of grace and truth. The Bible uses the term upright to describe people who have good character. Proverbs 11.3, the integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. 
The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. Wow. Proverbs 11.6, the righteousness of the upright will deliver them, but the unfaithful will be caught by their lust. The Hebrew word translated upright means to be straight. Proverbs 11.20, those who are perverse of heart, those who are of a perverse heart are of, of abomination to the Lord. The word translated perverse means crooked or distorted. So on one hand, we have people who are described as straight, and on the other hand, we have people who are described as crooked. This is because, above all else, people are identified by their character. We say, he is a good man, he is an honest man, or we say, he is the immoral man, he is a liar, he is a cheat. Having been one of those people that was the liar and the cheat and immoral, I was pretty crooked in every sense of the way. And so I think of, I, I love the tree analogy and the trunk because it's so easy because I'm, as of course, I'm staring at trees behind me right now or in front of me right now. And, and I, they're, they're straight. And, and it's such a, it's a beautiful picture in a way to go, how am I living my life? Am I, am I a straight tree? Am I upright or am I crooked? constantly dodging truth, constantly dodging being accountable or responsible for my actions. Like, what kind of life are you living? You know, in, in, in the walk in obedience, it, I'll, the walk of obedience is one thing that, you know, having learned and being a part of Word of God Church, and I've never really understood it, or and maybe I'd heard it before, but it never really like hit home or like struck me in my spirit. And I don't know about you, I just know that sometimes when you start being taught obedience, it doesn't always feel good because it, it corrects you. I think about like scoliosis, right? Which is curvature of the spine. And in the, some of the braces that you put on, uh, you know, patients that suffer with that because it will help retrain their spine and you wanna to get to them early um, because you know, once it gets crooked, you could face surgery or whatever. But the one thing I know about God and, and walking in obedience is regardless of how bad your scoliosis spiritually is, God has this way. He's like the perfect back brace and the perfect straightener. And sometimes to straighten, and I would imagine anyone with scoliosis, and I've had back surgery, so I can attest to this in some way, but it's a painful process of getting your back straight. It's a painful process of getting corrected and in, in straightening out your path. But I assure you, it is worth every second of it. And one of the problems I think that a lot of us make when we are trying our best to be, you know, we want to change. We go to God, good God, change my life, change my life. And, you know, and, and, and like, and especially early on in the game, early on in following Christ, we want this so bad, but we're not strong enough. We've talked about deep roots, growing deep roots, and we get the deep roots from learning the word of God. But it, we, we, when we don't have those roots, when the first thing that goes wrong or we make a mistake or we go back to one of our old habits, you know, we get frustrated and quit or we have to face rejection or people don't believe that we genuinely changed our life. And, and it hurts. It hurts to have people reject us, especially early on. I mean, how many of you out there can relate to 
having somebody challenge whether or not your heart was sincere that you turn your life around. Addicts, how many times have you gotten sober and 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 then threw it all away? Relapse, whatever whatever word you want to use for it. Like how many of you have dealt with that? The process to straightening up your trunk is 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 painful. But it's something that is so worth it because this is the kind of pain, this is the kind of breaking, the breaking of old habits, the breaking of maybe the breaking of your will, the breaking, the breaking of your stubbornness, the breaking of your ego. That's where the blessings are. It's worth facing that. So Proverbs 11.20, those who are of a perverse heart are abomination to the Lord. And lusting can be lusting after, you know, somebody of the, somebody of the opposite sex. It could be lusting after anybody, but also it could be lusting after things. Like you're, you want, you're, you're, you're desiring and lusting and you're willing to do whatever it takes to get what somebody else has. Lust can take all types of shapes and forms. The word translated perverse means crooked or distorted. So on one hand, we have people who are described as straight. On the other hand, people who are described as crooked. This because of all else, people are identified by their character. We say he is a good man. He is an honest man or he is a immoral man. He is a liar. He is a cheat. Now think of trunks of trees. Which do you want to be thought of? One who is crooked or what? And one who is crooked and twisted or one who is straight, long and tall. Ecclesiastes 115, what is crooked cannot be made straight. Ecclesiastes 713, consider the work of God for who he can make straight, what he has made crooked. Yet in spite of what may seem impossible to man, the Bible says this is con this concerning the coming of Jesus Christ. Yet in spite of what may seem impossible to man, the Bible says this concerning the coming of Jesus Christ. Luke 3, 5 through 6. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight as, and the rough ways smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. It does not matter how a poor man's character may have been in the past. Once he has seen the salvation of God, every crooked place can be made straight. Hallelujah. God is not necessarily looking for people with good character. God is not necessarily looking for people with good character. He is looking for people who will allow him to develop his character in them. Think about that. Like, it's not your character that you need to be concerned about. It's allowing God to develop his character in us. But we can't do that when we're trying to control everything. Even when we're freaking out that we lost our job, we're freaking out that we're locked in our houses. We're freaked out about riots. We're freaked out about this. We're scared. We're fear. We, we, we're, we're paranoid about our relationships. We're worried that our spouse is cheating on us or, 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 you know, like these, these things, like 
all of these worries that we have are just us trying to control. But when we fully surrender, we allow God, remember, less of us, more of him. And when we surrender, we allow God to come and take over our life. We allow the Holy Spirit to guide us, to show us things to come, to show us the choices we should make. It gives us discernment. That's the fruits of the Spirit. All of those things are God's character. Surrender, I, I mean, like, I every time, I think I say the word surrender, like, on, on this show, I think I bring it, find some different way to bring it up. It's not me, like, just being obsessed with surrender, but there's so many different levels of surrender. Like, I'm learning this. Like all of the different connections and the different levels, it's like the truth will set you free. There's so many deep rooted layers to that. The truth will set you free is not some superficial statement. Just like surrender and trust, but also surrendering over your will to being willing to be obedient to the Holy Spirit's call. The Holy Spirit's prompting. The Holy Spirit's pulling you. Follow that. Moral excellence has to do with acting properly in all circumstances. Our ability to do this consistently will depend on the quality of our eternal attributes. In other words, moral excellence is not merely external conduct. It is external conduct based on eternal attributes. Godly character is therefore both external and eternal. This means if we are going to act like Jesus, we must be like Jesus. All right, let's see what's going on here, everybody. Uh, what's up, Jennifer? Good to see you. Hello, Reverend Lord. Great to see you. If you are hiding something, then it's important to ask yourself why. There's a chance you are not supposed to be doing it or you need to accept that part of yourself. I believe you need to own it or stop doing it. Hands up here. What's up, David? Good to see you, brother. Amen. Being deeply rooted in his truth and him, we are immovable, still working on getting rooted in him in a bigger way. And as we discussed last week, being rooted in him comes through spending time with him and spending time in God's word. And I accepted that challenge where we were talking about the importance of prayer, the importance of worship, and the importance of, of spending time in the word. And the one area that I have failed is, you know, I, I like I like to listen to the Bible and then even reading it is great. This week I stepped up worship and you know what? It makes a huge difference. Um, and I just want to throw this out here because then I'm not trying to like tell you what to do or anything. But where I noticed was one of the biggest differences is just having worship music playing in the background and just putting it on YouTube. Like there's all kinds of playlists and just play and just listening to it and then you worship and every once in a while like you, you hear the song and even if you're not necessarily in that moment worshiping but it's on and it has this what i noticed was it had this funny way of like okay i started off worshiping and then i'd go on and i have to pick my nose or something i'd get distracted need some water and carrots and you know and then all of a sudden i'm worshiping again like it's so good and it's a great way 
of just having it there because you never know when your spirit will revive and you can start worshiping again. Worship doesn't have to happen at 8.15 every morning. You don't have to be on a schedule with it. Maybe scheduling it helps, but worship makes a huge, huge difference. That is one area that I sought to improve this week. Um, you know, prayer, want to do better with that too. And, and, and that's something that will continue to work on. But this is where, you know, being able to do all three, the, the worship, spending time with God, the word of God, and then of course prayer, it, it will develop those roots that you were speaking of, Tef Tiffany. And I, and I just want to encourage you to keep on because God has a very special calling for your life. And I know, and I don't want to call this out, but you know, when God has a very special calling on your life, you're going to be attacked spiritually in a lot of different ways, especially with your past, especially with all of the things that you've overcome. And I'm and my brother's keeper, uh, those of you watching all over the world, guys, you're, you, you know, you're overcomers of addiction, you're overcomers of abuse, you're overcomers of horrific violence prostitution, rape, murder. You survived all of that because God has a special calling on your life and God wants to use you in such extraordinary ways. And I know, I know there's a lot of you, like I had a lot of privileges that most of you didn't have, but you know what? That didn't stop me from not feeling worthy. That didn't stop me from believing that I wasn't gonna, you know, that I wasn't good enough. So I would imagine that there's a lot of you battling that too. And, and, and be, when you battle things like that, it's really hard to, to own your purpose. It's really hard to, to just to, to have that hope and, 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 and even a knowing that God has something special for you. Like a lot of you will say it, but do you really believe it in your heart? Do you know it? And you know what? And I battled with it too. And again, and I came from more privilege than a lot of people. So, but it's, it is true. And all of those little doubts that you struggle with and all of those, those, those self hating comments that you make about yourself, we have to eliminate that. You have to start declaring who you are in Christ. And you may not always believe it, but if you start declaring it, eventually you will because your words have power. Your words are significant and what you say about you, what you say about yourself matters. So speak love to yourself. And if, 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 if you have a hard time doing that, remind yourself that you have Christ inside of you. So when you're talking ugly about yourself and saying self-defeating things or saying I'm not good enough or saying that I'm never going to amount to anything, any of those words that you say, you're, 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 you're killing your spirit. Just like speaking the word out loud, just like listening to the word, like in spending time in the word of God, you start to retrain your brain and you start to remember and know who you are in Christ. And when you know who you are in Christ, you know that God has a purpose for your life. It's a tough road, but it's the best road. It's the one that doesn't end in suffering. It's the one that doesn't end in heartbreak. 
It's the one that ends with you finishing the race and you're on the right, is it the right hand of the, the right hand of the throne of Jesus? That's where we want to be. Got me in tears. Look, yeah, because I'm talking to you. Good job. Jennifer, good to see you. Um, you feel defeated, but that's why your faith must be an everyday meditation. I absolutely love that. Pause for God as often as you can. It will become a blessed habit. Man, I'm so grateful. And I, this is another thing, too. I want to say this, and I'm going off of script here a little bit. But couples, pray together. If you're not praying together, pray together. It changes everything. It is like, first of all, it's like the most romantic thing in the world you can do, but pray together. And ladies, those of you that are single and you're, you know, now that you can go out and you can go on dates again, some places, I don't know, everywhere, not everywhere, but soon enough, everything is opening up which makes no sense with the virus cases going up again, but whatever. Anyway, listen, if your man, the man that you desire is not willing to pray with you, he's not your man. Pray together. It's so, so important. Anyway, yeah. Well, you know what? When you find somebody, make sure he prays with you. Developing godly character is a process. There is a purpose in the process. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Tommy. That was good stuff. Okay. Moral excellence has to do with acting properly in all circumstances. Our ability to do this consistently will depend on the quality of our internal attributes. In other words, moral excellence is not merely external conduct. It is external conduct based on eternal attributes. Godly character is therefore both external and eternal. This means that if we are going to act like Jesus, we must be like Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty nine, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Would you describe yourself as gentle and lowly of heart? I'm working on it. <laughs> if not, you need a vision of these attributes. What does it mean to be gentle? A person who is gentle can be trusted with delicate things because he will handle them with great care. A person who is gentle is not rough, harsh, or overbearing. He can be approached. He doesn't have to be feared. Oof. You know, those two sentences. He can be approached. He doesn't have to be feared. My mom... Uh, used to say this about me um and i and of course i'm a mama's boy i love my mama with all my heart um <laughs> but one of the things that used to break my heart um is not anything she did it was but she would tell me like sometimes you're just hard to be around you're like walking it's like you have to walk on eggshells around you that's a horrific thing to hear from your mother not because it's bad what she's saying I mean, she's saying the truth, and it was a truth I needed to hear. But, like, it's my mama. And, like, if, 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 if your mama has a hard time being around you, something's wrong. And I was like that. Like, every, everybody in my life, every relationship, every friendship, coworkers, when I, you know, when I, um, 
you know, my last company that I had, I was a tyrant. I wasn't a good boss. I wasn't a good leader. I wasn't even a good son or a good friend. Like it, it breaks my heart to, to, to read that and know that that's what I was. So I wasn't gentle and lowly in heart. I'm grateful that I think I'm a little bit easier to be around from what I hear, but it's something that I'm aware of and that I genuinely want to, I want to be that. I want to, I, I want to be like Christ. I want to be gentle and lowly in heart. I never, I don't want to be feared, at least feared in a negative way. Are you this kind of person? Are you locked into a vision of becoming this kind of person? This is how Jesus is. I, I'm going to wait till the end before I talk about this, what I was going to say. What does it mean to be lowly in heart? It means humble. This is the opposite of proud. The word proud means to put yourself forth as being higher than others and better than others. Who struggles with that? Like, I believe that we're to take pride in what we do. We are to do our jobs in excellence to the best of our ability. Like, I don't think that that's proud in, in the way that, or that's, you know, that, it, like, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't believe that that's the same thing. But it is a tough, it, it, you know, you're, when you're going for it, when you're, you're going to, you're, you're doing the work, you're paying the price, you're doing what God has called you to do, there's moments that you have, and this is something that I'll admit that I'm, I, 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 I don't struggle, struggle with it because I haven't made it yet. But it's something I'm aware of because I've been, my ego has been so big in the past and, and I wasn't humble and I wasn't kind. And, you know, I wanted to be successful for all the wrong reasons. And, you know, I wasn't a good steward of what I was blessed with and it was taken away and that was on me. And I, but I think as, as I, I start to see God work more in my life than ever before, and I'm starting to see these miracles happen all around me. Um, and it's so humbling. So emotional. I've been like an emotional boob for the last two weeks. I just cry every time I talk about this. It, like I've seen God work miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle in my life just to keep me alive. But then when I started walking in obedience and I started to see the fruit develop or producing fruit and I'm starting to see these blessings and these like miracles and things that have worked on like come together at an accelerated rate. And I know it's God. Like it's not me, it's God. And, you know, and there's moments of like where you do want to like feel proud. Like I'm proud of this T-shirt. Because we designed this t-shirt and like there's more to it, right? And there's a bit prof prophetic, the world tour, because it's what God showed me. So it's a prophetic t-shirt now, but we created these t-shirts and it, and I'm proud of it. 
because one, we created it, but two, it also makes gratitude unfiltered, well, a little bit more official because now there's a t-shirt, right? There's actually six different t-shirts, but like, I'm proud of that, but I'm humbly proud, you know, but like, I, I never want anything that I do to be about me again, because I fear that egomaniac that I used to be when I really had no reason at all to have an ego. I wasn't honest. I didn't ever act in integrity. I was a liar. I was a cheat. And like, I never want to go back to that life, but it's something I'm aware of. And, and I think, and if anyone else there struggles with that, I don't know why I'm sharing this. I don't know why, but I am. But if you're somebody out there that is struggles with that, I will say that if you can shift your focus instead of focusing about you and start to focus out and focus on serving and focus on helping and, 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 in, in putting God first in everything you do. That's why I was saying, ladies, or even gentlemen, pray with your pray with your partner. Pray. It's a sign of putting God first. Before business meetings, pray. Before shows, pray. One of the things that I regret the most of doing Gratitude Unfiltered is that I just now started praying at the beginning of the show and the end because it matters. But if, we, if you struggle with your ego and you struggle with pride, I, I suggest that one of the things that I've seen work in my life, and that was only at the Holy Spirit's prompting, was to focus more on serving. And it, and it does make a difference. Proverbs 16.5, everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. To be lowly in heart does not mean you see yourself as being worse than everyone else. It only means that you see yourself as you really are. You see, none of us are really any better than anyone else. Even Jesus, living as one of us, did not carry himself with an attitude of pride. He's the freaking son of God. And he was washing feet. Which I'm sure... The, their feet looks kind of something like mine, and I have some ugly feet. I'm so insecure about my feet. I wore tennis shoes to the beach today. Just saying. <laughs> he didn't walk around as though he was better than the rest of us. He came to he came to model for us the kind of attitude that we were supposed to have. What are some specific things you could do to humble yourself? Let's take some comments from the audience. What are some specific things? Why did I leave this on here? Um, <laughs> my mom raised me that no one is better than anyone. Yeah, that's, a, that's true. My, I, you know, I was so fortunate you say that. I, my mother and my, really my parents both were very generous people. Um, but I got to watch my mom, you know, she would pull over the car if she saw somebody that was in need and she would give them money or give them food. And like, I grew up around that and it was such an inspiration to me. And I've seen how my mother, um, she's such a giving heart. And like, that is, it's been such a great example for me. So I like that a lot. Um, I'm a motivational speaker. Wait, 
I'm a motivational speaker. I love helping others. Amen. Your heart is awesome, Joshua. Thank you. Um, let's see. Do something for someone else and don't tell anyone. Do it with no expectation of return. Nick Harris sighting. Welcome to church, homie. <laughs> Good to see you, man. Um, but seriously, you guys, I would love to hear this. What are some specific things you could do to humble yourself? Nick gave a great, great answer. Um, all right, we'll keep going. Do you struggle with prideful or an arrogant spirit? Well, I'll just confess to mine. I don't, and again, I've worked on it. And God, look, here's the thing. Now I'm just, now that I think about this, I was so cocky. I was so cocky, so arrogant, no freaking reason why. None, not at all. I had no reason at all. So arrogant. And, and here's the thing. That arrogance will always come back and bite you. Your pride, that will always come back to bite you right in the butt. I'm telling you. And what you are not a good steward of, God will take away. If you are blessed with something and you have so much arrogance and pride and you're blessed with something and you're like, yeah, and you dismiss it, or you talk about you shame the car that you have, you shame the clothes that you have, you shame the things that you've been blessed with, God will take it away. You have gifts, but if you're not using your gifts, the way you're supposed to, you're not being a good steward of what you've been gifted with, and I'm talking spiritually, it can be taken away. We need to honor and respect what we have been blessed with. And to me, the most important thing we've been blessed with is a purpose, an extraordinary purpose that is meant for each one of us individually. You have a purpose, you have a purpose, you have a purpose, I have a purpose and it's designed just for me, just for you, just for you, and just for you. Do you struggle with a prideful or arrogant spirit? It is really only a cover-up for insecurity and poor self-image. Why not just be honest about yourself? Just accept yourself as you are with all your weaknesses and shortcomings. You are really no different than the rest of us. That's the thing. What I hate about racism and prejudice and judgment is the fact that I don't. It it it, it it's boring. What do you want everyone to look like you? Like you're your pale white skin, or maybe you have a tan, I don't know. Like, do we really want to conform everybody to where we're the same exact person? Like, why don't we celebrate people's differences? Because the truth is that if you celebrate people's differences, you start to find out just how alike we really are. Because when you're celebrating differences, this also means that you are you, like it's probably more than likely that you're focused on version. You know that God has a purpose for your life. And that's honestly the thing that you treasure the most, the thing that you work towards and God's purpose for your life. Remember is about serving. It's about blessing other people. It's about using your gifts, the things you've been blessed with for other people. That's, and that falls in line with God's vision and your purpose for your life. 
And when you're focused on that, you want to know everyone's differences because it's people's differences that form the body of Christ. I don't know where that came from. Hmm. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Seriously, think about it. If you're all, you want everybody to be the same, nothing will ever get done. Because you see, th th this causes division, it causes judgment, there's hatred, there's confusion, there's hostility. But when we're focused on our purpose and we're living in our purpose, we, of course, we celebrate other people's differences because then we get to see their gifts. And I love hanging around people that are purpose driven. It's inspiring. It fuels me. It's like a fuel tank. It's like having a gas can in my pocket. I can just, when I get tired, I pour some in because I'm feeding off of other people, not beating them down or, oh, that's, we got to turn off the news. It's, it, it's, it's poisoning us. It's poisoning our minds. There's nothing good there at all. Celebrate people's differences. And, 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 and you, can, you can do that by encouraging people to step into their purpose and live their purpose, the God-given purpose, and to surrender to it. And being surrendered to God's purpose leaves no room for being a racist, bigoted psychopath. It leaves no room for it. In, in, there's no room for hate. You are fueled by love. You are fueled by the love of Christ. And that love of Christ flies out of your eyeballs. It's in your smile. It's in the way you carry yourself. It's the way that you do things in excellence. The way you don't cut corners. The way you don't cheat other people. You live in the fruits of the Spirit. And when you're living in the fruits of the spirit, you love everybody. You can hate sin, but you love everybody. And that's including your enemies, even when you want to kick them in the teeth sometimes. We are talking about being committed to Christ-like character, having a C2 vision. Do you have a vision for becoming a gentle and of lowly heart? Do you have a vision for becoming gentle and lowly of heart? You need to. I get so excited when God shows me images of serving, of having the opportunity to serve around the world. I get so excited about it. Like it's what I've dreamed about for years. It's what I care about. And now like, and seeing how things have come together to start the, that, that process of making that happen has been one of the most amazing God things of my life. And, and not everybody has that kind of vision and it doesn't matter. It's okay. We all have, God gives each of us a vision that's for our life. But when I think about serving, it makes me think that's an example of being gentle, of serving, not trying to take, serving, of lowly of heart. What else can we say about the eternal character traits of Jesus Christ? John 1, 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. Grace refers to the relational qualities of Christ-like character. To be full of grace means to be full of kindness. It means to be full of genuine love and concern for the well-being of others. 
It means to be sincerely interested in helping others to do well. It is the strong helping the weak. It is those who have helping those who have not, those who can see helping those who can't see. This is a very important aspect of Christ-like character. This is why your testimony matters. This is why your testimony is everything. It's the fuel. It, it's the fuel of what drives your purpose. Because you see, as God starts to work in your life and God starts to change your life, your testimony is needed. There's going to become a time in your walk, and I'm just going to paint this picture for you, and I'm going to give it to you in real time because, and again, I don't know if this stuff is appropriate. I'm just going to share it. Like, I don't even know if it's obnoxious that I'm going to share this, but I'm going to because I noticed it this week, and it meant something to me. So I'm going to share it with you. When I, after I gave my life to Christ, I was on my own virtually. I was bouncing around, going to a bunch of different churches, didn't have a church home, wasn't being spiritually fed in one place. I was kind of by myself and I was desperately seeking, like I knew I needed help. So the way I, expo I expressed my need for help was that I went and asked if I could serve. Like I just wanted to volunteer, serve. How can I help you? How can I serve you? And I don't know if people thought it was some kind of fake thing or not. Like, oh, this is not like, you know, people, sometimes people just say that. You know, when you, you uh, get a new friend request on Facebook and, and then you get a message through the messenger, it's like, hey, let me know if I can ever support you. And then like you tell them how they could support you and then they go away. Or when you actually like, hey, I actually could use some help on this. And then they don't help you or they want to charge you a lot of money, you know, that kind of thing. No, I actually showed up and served. And by showing up and serving, I got access and I was able to learn different things. And you know what? I also know that by me showing up to serve, I also got taken advantage of a lot. Like my kindness got taken advantage of. I didn't, sometimes I got cut out of some business deals where I should have been paid, you know, but here's the thing. God used all of it. And none of those people that I was looking to serve, by the way, were, well, they weren't Christians. You know, they were entertainment types, entrepreneurs, but they weren't, they weren't people that served the Lord. But it even happened when I started looking to serve people that were, you know, had churches and ministries. I wanted to help and serve. And sometimes I either got ignored or blown off or I was made promises were given and nothing ever happened. And, and it was heartbreaking for me. It was disappointing. It was frustrating. It was mad at God. Who can relate to this? How many of you even in the Christian community have shown up to try to serve and try to help somebody? but then you get taken advantage of. Anybody? Okay, so I'm gonna to talk to the people that have. God will use even that. You know why God will use it? It's because one, it's teaching you something. Because them, anyone that takes advantage of your kindness, anyone that takes advantage of you looking to show up and serve, look, if you show up and serve, like you're gonna get put to work, right? I mean, that's what you would expect. But when people make promises that, hey, we're going to pay you, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and they don't do it, it hurts your heart. It hurts your heart. But God will use it. God will use it. Do you know why? Because one day, as you continue to walk in obedience, God is going to bring you to somebody that you get to serve and you get to help that actually genuinely cares about you. 
and believes in you and shares your vision and it changes everything. Our pastor, um, Word of God Church, uh, like that's Pastor Castillo for me. I mean, that's actually a lot of a lot of uh, the men and women at Word of God Church because that place is is my home. But it became my home because we shared a vision, and but it took a man, a leader, that took the time and he really believed in me and he and he worked with me and I learned from him and still learn from him but it changed everything and then so when you get that spiritual mentor that spiritual leader in your life that godly man or godly woman in your life that 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 mentors you and then all of a sudden you become the one that gets to be a mentor and all of that pain and all of the disappointment that you had from having your heart broken for being taken advantage of and being disappointed because all you wanted to do was serve. You wanted to make a difference. Every bit of that gets to be used because when you have the opportunity to be, to be a leader again, when you have that opportunity to be someone else's mentor, you won't take advantage of them. You will help them. You will have godly character and you will sow into them with no questions asked. That's what will happen for you. Yeah, Jennifer says, I was not welcome as such. Uh, weaknesses can teach us absolutely, can relate. I have grace in my heart, 95%, the other half, I want to. Why I have a hard time with ignorance, and that's my truth. That's good, the strong helping the weak. Um, that's, that, no, it's true. And you know what? God gets to work on that. God gets to fill in that other 5%. All right. Sorry, I get emotional. Like, I don't know what's going on with me over the last two weeks. Like, it is, um, I guess it's gratitude. Like, it's like it's kind of embarrassing to cry this much because I think I've cried on every gratitude unfiltered recently. But I'm just amazed at what God has done and some of the revelations. And when you start to see God make sense of your pain, or struggles or insecurities or your failures. When you see that, you start to understand that God was always with you. And that's a reason to celebrate. That's a reason to celebrate God in itself. There's nothing in your life that you've gone through, good, bad, ugly, self-inflicted, traumatic. There's none of that God that God will not use. Like all of it is prepared you for now. And if you haven't given your heart to the Lord yet, if you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus yet, and you want to see like the light switch get turned on, <laughs> that's the way to do it. Grace refers to the relational qualities of Christ-like character. To be full of grace means to be full of kindness. It means to be full of genuine love and concern for the well-being of others. It means to be sincerely interested in helping others to do well. It is the strong helping the weak. It is those who have helping those who have not. Those who can see helping those who can't see. This is a very important aspect of Christ-like character. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Are you full of this kind of grace? Are you full of this kind of grace? Admittedly, I could use more of it. 1 Corinthians 9.19 For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. Do you have a vision for becoming full of this kind of grace? Do you have enough grace to make yourself a servant to all? 22 years old, I prayed to God. God, I just want to make enough money where I never have to worry about money, that I could just go focus and serve. I wasn't asking to be a billionaire, a millionaire. It wasn't about that. I just didn't ever want to worry about money because all I want to do is serve. Because even in my brokenness at that time, serving is the only thing that felt good. It's the only thing that felt right. Everything else was unnatural. Like being in sales and like, just, I didn't like it. Like I would rather go, hey, here's the information about this, this, this product, here's the pros and cons. If this is right for you, okay, take it. But if you don't, I don't, I don't want to use some kind of sales trick. It never made sense to me. And I'm not, look, some of you salespeople know all the tricks and that's great. God bless you. That's, if that's for you, that's for you. For me, it was different. My spirit was crying out for something else and it was to be a servant. And I'm not saying this to go, hey, look at me. I, I, I want to live my life in service to all. No, I, that's the path I chose. I think what you'll discover when you fully surrender to what Christ has called you to do, it looks a lot like serving all. It's kind of what it looks like. And you know what? God will provide. Being all in on serving and doing what God's called you to do, from what I've experienced, it, it makes the supernatural happen. Like, you wouldn't believe. And I'm sincerely from the bottom of my heart saying, I'm not talking about some law of attraction stuff that I don't fully understand. I'm not talking about any of that. Think and grow rich. I'm not saying that. I don't know about all that. I know about serving and being all in. It changes everything. Truth refer refers to God's truth refers to God's truth refers to God's capacity to see things as they really are. Being full of truth means that he is completely committed to dealing with man in accordance to reality. It is on the basis that Jesus is completely honest at all times. The truth will set you free. The, tr the truth matters. Like think about this. The truth refers truth refers to God's capacity to truth refers to God's capacity to see things as they really are. So without truth, you don't get that. Being full of truth means that he is completely committed to dealing with man in accordance to reality. The truth is reality. Anything outside of that, like your desperate housewives and 
Housewives of Atlanta and your real worlds and your all that stuff. None of that's true and none of it's reality. It is on the basis that Jesus is completely honest at all times. He always tells the truth. Jesus does not live in a pretend world. What world do you live in? We may not be able to see, we may not be able to say this about ourselves. The truth is all of us live in a pretend world from time to time, it's true. We convince ourselves that we can do wrong and it won't have a negative consequence. That is not reality. Ecclesiastes 8.11, because the sentence against an evil work is not ex executed speedily, therefore the heart of sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Let me read that one more time. Because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. God's grace may seem to be delaying his judgment, but it never does away with his truth. Romans 2.2, but we know the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. Ecclesiastes 8.12-13, though, though a sinner does evil a hundred times and his days are prolonged, Yet I surely know that it will be well with those who fear God, who fear before him. But it will not be well with the wicked, nor will he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he does not fear before God. People of good character understand these realities and live their lives in accordance with them. To have the moral excellence of Jesus Christ means much more than simply not stealing or lying or committing sexual sin. It is also means caring about other people. You see, grace and truth do not conflict with each other at all. They complement each other. Christ-like character means caring enough about others to help them recognize reality and learn to live their lives in accord with it. We need to have a vision for this kind of character. So the very last thing it says here is what kind of pretend world do you live in sometimes? Describe it in detail. You know, I mean, we create our own reality, reality, our perceptions when we're worrying about what other people think of us, when we're worried about judgment, when we're living in fear. Like all of that shapes a world and creates a false narrative in our lives. And when we create those false narratives, it feeds our mind a bunch of garbage, and none of it is true. None of it is. See, Christ was my best friend growing up. My home was very turbulent, and we were very poor. I always felt loved when my earthly parents and siblings couldn't be. Wow, that's amazing. Um, Miles says, everyone here at MBK loves and misses you. Ah, uh, tell Miles I love and miss him too. Um, your testimony still, just all of your testimonies, we're just rocking it. We are all learning, thank God. Um, let's see here. Um, okay. So I wanna I'm gonna do something really quick. Um, it's it's an hour, but it, I wanna I'm gonna I'm gonna pray, um, and then I'm gonna talk to my brother's keeper, and I wanna talk to anyone out there that is struggling with not knowing the next step. Of, of what they're supposed to do, what they're called to do. 
I want to talk to those who feel like they don't have hope. Um, so let's, I'm going to pray. And then I want to talk about this. And, you know, those of you who want to stick around, stick around. But I'm going to be talking directly at a certain group of people. And it may not be for everyone, but I'm going to speak to you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this message. Um, it was profound to me. And I, I pray that it was able to touch the hearts of those listening. I hope that it encourages those that are living in fear or living with, uh, you know, self-judgment or, or, or the you know, just pains of the past, or they're just struggling with holding on to something that really doesn't even belong to them anymore. Father, I just ask that you just inspire them to lay it at your feet, to surrender it. Father, thy will be done. I surrender my life to you. My life is no longer my own. Use all of me for your purposes. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for changing my life. Thank you for changing my heart. Thank you for giving me a purpose. Thank you for giving me for a reason, not just to live, but to live with intention and to live with purpose, to live with kindness, to live with love, to live with joy, to live with a forgiving heart. Thank you for that, Father. And anyone out there that needs that, or just speak to them, push them. Now's the time. Push them over the edge with their, their whole heart, their whole being. They can say, I surrender. Jesus, take my life. My life is no longer my own. Use me. Use all of me. I surrender. Change my life, Lord. Change my life. Lord, I love you so much. And I just ask that you, you continue to to just to speak and, and to guide every step that I make. And Lord, I ask that other, everyone here that's watching right now, that they pray the same thing. Life is so much easier when we are following your lead instead of us trying to lead you. You are God and we are your children. Lord, help us walk in obedience with confidence and bold faith. Thank you for being an amazing God, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, also, really, really quick, um, there we go. Those of you that are, uh, again, I don't know what the situation is at My Brother's Keeper right now, but I do know that the fundraising and other things to keep uh, the doors open is, I don't believe it's active yet, but your donations are making a difference. I mean, I, I, I last Saturday went on and saw donations from you guys, and it meant a lot. And there was donations from people that don't go to that church. So thank you so much for giving any dollar that you can give, any dollar amount at all. It is a blessing for my brother's keeper. The men and women there um, are special and they mean a lot to me. So this is what I want to say. Um, I don't know how much I'm going to share, but you know, the word of God congregation and my brother's keeper you've heard me talk a lot about opportunities and god has a purpose for your life and you know some of you have ministries in you that need to be released and you know some of you have books in you some of you are meant to be on stage speaking some of you are meant to to become pastors and i believe that word of god is word of god church and the my brother's keeper program is is helping build you and building your knowledge of god 
and um, helping you grow deep roots. And it's preparing you spiritually for something that you may not even believe is possible for yourself. And I don't want to say this uh, in, a, in a place of, 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 comp, of, of uh, I don't want to be, this is not about being braggadocious, what I'm about to say. But everything I've ever said from stage there back in Oklahoma City to you guys and ladies, I meant. And, and it was always, and I meant it because I, I could see it and I believed it was true. Because I know when I was, when I finally stepped into what God called me to do, God called me to do something that I didn't know anything about. Like I didn't know anything about media. I didn't know anything about talk shows or ministry or branding or any of that. But God gave me a vision for something that at the time made no sense. But as of a couple weeks ago, uh, Jessica and I formed a nonprofit. It's a new media nonprofit. And what we do with that nonprofit is not only build programs or build the platforms for ministries or individuals or other nonprofits to be able to get their message out to the world through every medium, TV, radio, podcast, print, um, am I missing something? Basically every medium, every social media platform, all of it. And, and on top of that, it was also that one of the things that we wanted to do, because I recognize, I mean, even like this, the shirt, right? The shirt was created, my brother's keeper, to raise money for you guys. One of the donations that you see in the GoFundMe is the money that was made from the t-shirts. It's not a lot of money, it was 50 bucks. But the way we did it, it was so we didn't have to pay money out of pocket, but it was re it generated revenue. And I wanna thank everyone who purchased the different shirts that we made. And this is, um, but you see with, with the changes that are coming in the world where regardless of what your business is, in a way, we all have to become brands. Robots are taking our jobs or, you know, viruses are taking our jobs, technology is taking our jobs, and it looks different. So we all have to kind of start to think like brands. And what does a brand do? Well, they have merchandise. They have, they're, they're producing content. They, they're, they're giving value to the world. And with these, with churches around the world not having the same congregation and social distancing, and what happens if they lock out these these they lock out the congregations for good? Or what if these nonprofits can't go out and fundraise by traditional means? What if we can't have big parties that raise money? Like the world's changing, so we have to to make decisions, or we have to step boldly. We have to do things that may cause a little bit of discomfort. However, not knowing is, is a big part of it. There's a lot of people that don't have the know-how just in just getting their message out to the world. Well, when you're getting your message out to the world, not, you can't always count on people donating or giving. I don't know how many people watch Gratitude Unfiltered, and I know that not everybody is donating. Like, I know that. And I'm not trying to make anyone feel guilty However, what I'm saying is without those donations, how do these nonprofits survive? How do churches 
survive if they don't if they can't get their message out well we have to do it digitally we have to build online platforms we have to create other revenue generating concepts or ideas and so when we formed this nonprofit it was to fulfill a vision that God gave me I think seven years ago and it six six seven years ago and it made no sense none but we've started to build the platforms and create different things for other ministries and individuals around the world and I'm going to share this with this audience because it's appropriate. Um, as of a few days ago, is it okay if I share this? Yeah. Okay. As of a couple days ago, uh, Jessica and I and the Live Mono Worldwide Foundation uh, came to an agreement to start our own multimedia broadcasting network. So what that means is we have, it's like a TV station, but only, <laughs> um, it's all digital. So Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Roku, Facebook Live, Instagram, Periscope, uh, Samsung has a TV station we're on. Um, we, we've, we've created, um, we, we're gonna be, we have our own network that we're gonna be launching. And on that network, not only are we going to be helping develop new shows, um, you're going to recognize some of them because you're in the congregation for it. Um, Word of God Church will be on this network. Um, that's including Glenn and David, uh, the show, the, the Bible study show that they do on Sunday night. Uh, we'll have some Spanish speaking shows and it's all kingdom minded. Uh, every, every bit of it we will have multiple languages. Um, we're going to have some really powerful content, but we're building a legit 24 hour a day, 365 day a week network. And there's a lot of work that gets to be done. There's a lot of help that we're going to need and support. But what this does mean, and this is why I'm bringing all of this up. That means that for those of you that are sitting there in the audience right now, every one of you at Word of God Church, every one of you watching or listening on the podcast, that means every one of you who have a desire and you, this is on your heart and you want to develop and you want to create your own ministry platform or you want to create your own talk show ministry or you have other ideas because some of the stuff, one of the, the broadcasts we're bringing on from South Africa is so outside of the box. It's, I, I, I'm excited for it. Like, I can't even believe that this, we are gonna be blessed with this. The point is, is that there's gonna be an opportunity for you. And look, things will be done right. Things will be done in excellence. We're not gonna cut corners. We will do things the right way. But there's going to be an opportunity for some of you because I know I've looked at you in the face. I've seen what God has for you. And I'd love to start calling some of you out by name, but I won't embarrass you. But some of you were meant to be in ministry. Some of you were meant to be in front of a camera, sharing your testimony, sharing your heart. Some of you were meant 
to be preaching the word of God. And you probably thought, well, how am I going to do that now? Because it's not like I can go out and build a church because what if we can't go back in church? Well, let's change that. And I believed with everything in me, this is why I think it's also important that you guys sow into Word of God Church and My Brother's Keeper, is because I believe that this ministry was also meant to have a school, a media school, a new media school, which involves a lot. Think about it, creating everything you see on a screen, all of this. I mean, if I didn't, if I wanted to put something up here, I could, it would be advertisement. It's monetizable space is the point. This shirt, right? Everything you can see is monetizable real estate. So therefore, advertising. Who said a church can't have advertising? Who says a church can't have sponsors? Of course it can. Of course it can. And what's wrong with saying, well, such and such, it, it, this broadcast is being brought to you by such and such. There's nothing wrong with that because they're supporting the ministry. They're supporting what you're doing. There's nothing wrong with that. But you see everything from creating products, maybe it's Bibles, uh, you know, apparel, but then there's cameras, there's lighting, there's, there's production, there's editing. There's so many opportunities that come from a network. When people watch a movie, for instance, they look at the screen like, oh, wow, there's acting and blah, blah, blah. You should, uh, like a movie supports probably 50 different industries. And I'm, that's not exact, but it could be. Maybe it's even more, I don't know. That's what a media company is. And so even though we're a nonprofit, even though we're teaching and building these platforms for people at no expense, I learned because I had the desire to learn and I learned when I didn't have money. And, and I want to be able to give the same opportunity to you all that God afforded me and blessed me with, with the opportunities to do it. Because if I didn't get the opportunities to serve in the places that I was able to serve, I wouldn't know what I know. And I'm proud of what we have accomplished, but I'm grateful and humbled because of the miracles that God, the mountains that God moved to make it happen. It did start with obedience, I will tell you. But I just want to, to say this to you that are in the audience. We, I really believe in you. And because, and it's and especially the men and women I've been able to look at in the eye. And then some of you that have just watched this, this, you know, the gratitude unfiltered and you've supported this mission. Like, like I, and you know what we're do already doing with the Live Mono Worldwide Foundation. But guys, I want to help you. I want to help launch your ministries or whatever it is your voice is crying out to, that you have a message that needs to get out to the world. God is pulling at your heart. And you're like, I don't know how. I don't have the money. I don't have this. I don't have that. That's what we're looking. This is why we're wanting to change that. I don't want not knowing how or not having the resources to ever be an excuse with anything that I can control. 
So my brother's keeper and then anyone else that's watching right now, this opportunity is yours. If it's just up to you to, to step up and take it and being willing to do the work. Like I anticipate what I would love to see happen at Word of God Church is have a day where we can set up some computers and and we can start teaching, start teaching design and graphic arts, um, start talking about, you know, different camera stuff. And like, I just like have a have a training, like real trainings happen there because you guys have ministries inside of you. And a ministry can look a lot of different ways. But I just want you to know I'm not promoting our foundation from a hey, look at us standpoint. But I just want to be able to say to you, because I boldly made a lot of, of declarations in front of you all that were in my heart. Like God put that there. They were part of my visions. And I believed with everything in me, it was true. And I don't even, it's not even about believing now. I know. I know it's true. And, and you guys are family to me. And so I want to share that with you because if God starts speaking to you or speaking to you more or again, like, and you start to go, well, how am I going to do that? Now you have your answer. Now you have your answer. So I just wanted to share that with you really quick. And I, I hope it resonates. I hope it means something. Um, but it matters to me a great deal because gratitude unfiltered is my baby. Like I, I love this. I love gratitude unfiltered, but my purpose in life is the, <laughs> my purpose in life is, is, um, live mono worldwide and, and, and what we are doing, um, what we're doing with it. So anyway, thank you guys for being here. Um, God bless you. Oh, wait. And there's the GoFundMe page. Thank you for sharing that, Brad. Um, anyway, God bless you guys. Thank you for your donations. Again, thank you for supporting My Brother's Keeper and Word of God. And thank you for supporting Gratitude Unfiltered. God bless you. And uh, we'll see you next week. Oh, really quick. Church, 10.30 in the morning, 10 a, uh, 10.30 a.m. Central Time. Amazing worship music. They got the sound fixed because I know some of you could jump on and watch, and it really means a lot to me. Those I see jump on and watch Word of God on Sunday morning. Um, they got the sound fixed with the music, so it'll sound better in your speakers. And it'll hear the way it really sounds, which is great. So I think you guys will really enjoy that. And, then of course, Pastor Castillo will always bring the fire because that's just what he does. All right. God bless you guys, and uh, see you tomorrow at 10.30 a.m. Bye-bye.